I did fail to mention earlier this morning, obviously the Apple Festival starts this coming week. And we are, because of the parade, they kind of congregate out here at the very beginning. We're going to be handing out water. And so if you have water, or going to the grocery store at some point this week, you can bring, uh, we're encouraging everyone to bring a case of water or two if you have it. You can either put it out here, you can put it in the fellowship hall, or you can put it out there next to Miss Jeannie's office at that table there uh, next to the sanctuary. Um, I'm excited about this morning. To, to have communion, to celebrate uh, the sacrifice, uh, the burial and the resurrection of Christ uh, with you as, as we uh, remember his death, burial, and resurrection through uh, communion this morning. Uh, I, I want to carry you to a passage of Scripture, though, in the Old Testament that I believe gives us a, an incredible picture of uh, what it means to be invited to sit at the table. I want you to think as, as you're turning uh, in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 9, I want you to think about when you were a child, what it was like sitting at the table. What it was like being called to the table. Obviously, I remember it more now as, as being a dad than I do when I was a child. But there's hardly a, a day that ever goes by where Sandra is in the kitchen or we're in the kitchen cooking, getting a meal ready, and we holler to the boys, come to the table. Sometimes it's immediately. Other times we have to say, come to the table multiple times. But nevertheless, at, at some point, we're always saying, come to the table. I remember as a child... My brothers and I, we had our own little table. And it sits about this tall. And it had four chairs. And we always loved, especially when family got together, we always loved sitting at that little table. So a childhood memory of mine is that little table. And when we moved to our house here in Westminster, uh, we were unpacking and, and we, we had this little craft area for our boys and Sandra said, you know, it'd be great to have a little table for Graham and Grady to, you know, do, do homework and, and do crafts on. My mom was helping us, and she said, you know, the table that Mac had when he was a kid is at my house. And I, I didn't even know it, it was still around. I had no clue. And come to find out, it was the same table that my dad had when he was growing up. And so now that table sits in our dining room in the corner there, and that's where the boys color and, and, and do artwork and things like that. And so uh, I have that memory even today as our boys sit at that table uh, and do their homework. But I want you to think on this idea this morning of coming to the table. Coming to the table. There's a beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture in Second Samuel chapter 9 that I believe gives us an incredible picture of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. It's the story of David and Mephibosheth. Now, to give you a little bit of background, you have to go all the way back to 1 Samuel. And you see the story, the well-known story of David and Goliath, right? And David goes to visit his brothers, 
They're terrified of Goliath, and so David stands up to the challenge. He defeats Goliath, and Jonathan, who is Saul's son, Saul was king of Israel at the time, his son Jonathan was in, in there, and he witnessed David slay Goliath. And, and I have to believe that, that Jonathan was just awestruck. He was taken back by David's courage. And by just the simple fact that David killed Goliath. So obviously we know that 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 just enraged Saul. He wanted David gone. He wanted David killed. And so he pursued David to try to kill him. But Jonathan, there was something going on in Jonathan's heart that he could not let his dad, he could not let his father kill David. And so he pleaded on David's behalf that Saul not kill David. And Saul listened. And the Bible goes on to say in a couple of uh, chapters later in 1 Samuel that, that David and Jonathan formed a bond. They formed a pack with one another that they would always look after one another. So fast forward, 2 Samuel chapter 3, chapter 4. Jonathan has a son. And Jonathan was... Uh, being pursued at that time someone was trying to kill him and at that time his 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 workers his servants picked up Mephibosheth and began to run to get out of the house and when she was running she fell and dropped Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth became paralyzed and so you get to second Samuel chapter 9 and we're going to read these 13 verses real quick Talk about three things that I want to pull out from these scriptures. And then we'll share communion together as a family. Verse 1 says, David asked, Is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Micah, son of Amiel, and Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Micah, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan... The son of Saul came to David. He bowed to pay honor to him. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Verse 7, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Verse 9, Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I've given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, Grandson of your master will always eat at my table. 
Then Zaba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for this day and this opportunity. Thank you for your word, the truths that lie within it. We pray, God, right now that your spirit would be manifested. God, that you would come and you would meet with us right now. God, that you would help us to remember, that you would help us to acknowledge, you would help us to celebrate the eternal life, the gift of salvation that we have to the sacrifice of your son Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. God, may you be honored and glorified this morning. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I needed to mention this morning, I want to do this every week. I hope you're still praying. Hope you still have your rope. Hope you're still holding on to the rope. Uh, Kenny and Lynn called this morning. They've called me twice and I've missed both calls. I was in a meeting uh, last week when they called. And this morning I was getting ready and didn't have my phone next to me and it always stays on vibrate. And uh, so I missed their call this morning. And so I hope you're continuing to pray for them. And on behalf of Mark and I, thank you for always encouraging us. Uh, It's been humbling. Uh, We're so grateful for you guys, so grateful for the ministry that God's allowing us to do. And uh, it helps. It helps having a, you know, pat on the back, you know, an encourager. Uh, Everybody needs that. And so uh, I I know Mark is, is grateful for that. And so am I. This idea... Sitting at the table. You know, I love this story. I think I've shared this story before. Maybe a year or two, a year and a half ago or so when we first came here. But this whole idea of David and Mephibosheth, it's mind-blowing when you think about it. You've got David who, in the peak of his reign, had everything. I mean, he was king at this time had not a care, want, or worry in the world, was going about his daily life, doing his daily business, and, and for some reason, the only thing that I can think of was God spoke to him. And David thought, and he remembered, if you look at verse 1, it says, David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul? to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake. You see, David remembered the pack, the promise, the commitment that he and Jonathan made several years back to one another. That for as long as they lived, they would always look after one another. You see, David, even in the height of of his reign, still remembered as a young teenage boy coming off one of the the greatest victories ever known to man in defeating Goliath, remembered a commitment. Remembered the commitment that he made to Jonathan. You know, it'd be easy for a guy like David, who's king, 
A lot of times you see a lot of people who have, have gained a lot of fame and prominence and they've moved up and they forget where they come from. They forget those small little commitments that they made, they once made, but not David. You see, David remembered the commitment that he had made with Jonathan. Isn't it amazing when you think about David and Saul? Saul pursued David. Saul wanted David dead. And yet one of David's closest friends ended up being Saul's son, Jonathan. I mean, this was a man that wanted him dead, that pursued him heavily. And yet David remembered that commitment. The second thing that I wanted to point out was his acknowledgement. If you look in verse 6 and 7, it says, When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, it says Mephibosheth bowed down to pay him honor. And in my Bible it says, David said to him, Mephibosheth, he called out to him. Mephibosheth said, at your service. Watch what David says. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. You know, if you go and you do a little bit of study on Lodabar, the place in which Mephibosheth was in, that was a place where people went that nobody cared about. That was a place where people went to hide that was a lowly place a place where Mephibosheth went because he'd just soon be dead and he thought he was to the rest of the world he thought he was forgotten because he was an outcast he was lame in both feet he was rendered useless and so he went to this place called Lodabar and when he came to David I couldn't imagine the emotions that were going through his head. But when he bowed down to David, David said, don't be afraid, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. You see, David, again, in the height of his reign, looked at a lowly person like Mephibosheth. And to the world's eyes, in the world's view, David was here as king, and Mephibosheth was here as lame in both feet, living in a place of Lodabar. And David said, you know what? We're both the same. You deserve the same things. The same life that I deserve. I think the, the other incredible thing here is that, that Mephibosheth had nothing to do with this commitment. Absolutely nothing to do with this commitment. And as a parent, we have to realize and understand that the commitments that we make today not only affect today, but they affect our future. And you see, this commitment that David and Jonathan made, you see, it didn't just affect them, but it affected their families. And because of that, Mephibosheth is blessed 
by that commitment. And David acknowledges that. The third thing is the celebration. If you look at the end of verse 7, David tells him after telling him not to be afraid that he's going to give him everything that belongs to him. His inheritance, it belongs to him. Not only that, but from here on out, you're going to eat at my table. And he doesn't just say it once. He says it a couple of more times. If you look in verse 11, Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at the king's table like one of the king's sons. And in verse 13, it says, And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He always ate at the king's table. You see, there was a celebration to be had. Even though he was laying both feet, and it mentions that at the end of verse 13, that was not the focus of David. He didn't worry about that. He didn't care about where he'd come from. He didn't care what had happened to him. He didn't care about what had happened between he and Saul. The only thing that he was focused on was the commitment that he and Jonathan made with one another. And he wanted to make that commitment right. You see, I have no idea what David's table looked like. I have, I have my opinion. I mean, he was king. He had to have had the biggest table with the biggest chairs. You see, at most homes, the end tables, that's where the men sit, right? And that's where the armrests are. And then the tables in the middle of the table are just regular chairs. I have no idea what ta- David's table looked like. I've got to believe that it was massive, that it was super long. And it could have been full. There could have been an empty chair sitting right there next to David. I don't know. But regardless, either David looked at that empty chair and he went, that chair's open. Or his table was full, and yet he said, there's still enough room for one more. At the height of his reign, he thought enough about his commitment and his promise to Jonathan that he remembered it. He acknowledged Jonathan's son and he celebrated that commitment with Mephibosheth. What a beautiful Old Testament picture of the way Christ came to this earth and when he was nearing his time to go when he was nearing his time on the cross his earthly ministry was coming to a close he sat at the table with his disciples you know Jesus never doubted or forgot his promise or his purpose to save us from our sins in fact I like to think Oftentimes, then it was time for God to, to, to make amends for our sins. That Jesus was sitting there willing and ready saying, God, Father, please send me. I'm ready to go. Send me. I'm ready to go. He never doubted. He never forgot. 
his promise. He acknowledges that we have a sin nature. And for that, he gave his life for us. And it's through his death, burial, and resurrection that he's invited us to his table to remember his sacrifice and to celebrate through his sacrifice our eternal salvation. Could you imagine this morning if you've ever read the story of the Last Supper, could you imagine being in the shoes of the disciples? Could you imagine being in that upper room not knowing what was going to happen? They had no clue. Jesus had talked to them about it. He had tried to prepare them for it. But could you imagine? They had no clue what was coming. They weren't prepared. But I believe that that we know we can be prepared. We should be prepared. And we should prepare ourselves for this time in partaking of the Lord's Supper. And so what we're going to do this morning together as a family, Mashila's going to come up and she's going to play something softly as we, we begin to prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. And I believe Scripture's clear We can't partake of the Lord's Supper with sin in our hearts. And so this morning as Mashila plays, I want you right where you're at. And if you need, you can come to the altar. But I want everyone to just bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to be standing down front. If you need me to pray with you, I'll be more than happy to do that. But I want you to take care of you this morning. And I want you to spend time with the Lord this morning. Whatever you need to do, and however you need to do it, clear your hearts, clear your minds, and take the next 60 seconds and just do business with the Lord as we prepare our hearts to observe the Lord's Supper.